Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. Now, if you had walked into the Bon Appetit test kitchen one day in the last month, you might have thought that you had like mistakenly wandered into a TGI Fridays. And, you know, I mean that in the best possible way, because the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, which means we've been testing and developing Super Bowl recipes. And you know what I'm talking about. Baby back rib nachos, ginger soy glazed wings, and on today's show, we're going to teach you how to make them. I sat down with Carla Music and Rick Martinez from the BA Test Kitchen and asked them all sorts of questions like, how do you build a tray of nachos? Because you don't make nachos, you build them. Wings. Are baked wings good? Is that possible? I don't know. But you know what? You know who does? Rick and Carla. They know. Before we hear from them, I want to hear from you because we've been doing this Bon Appetit Foodcast for a little over a year now. And I don't know, like, what do you like? What do, you, what do you not like? What do you want to hear more of? Who do you want to hear more of? And I would love to know uh, what, what's working, what's not working. So what I ask of you is send us an email. Let us know your thoughts. We can be reached at Bon Appetit Foodcast, one word, Bon Appetit Foodcast at gmail.com. It's that simple. Email us, let us know what you think. But you know what? Right now, it's time to talk Super Bowl. Let's do this thing. Game on. All right, so guys, I, I walked in the test kitchen the other day, and, you know, you guys are usually making, like, grain bowls and avocado toast and all this healthy stuff, and I literally stopped dead in my tracks because I was like, wait a minute, are those mozzarella sticks? Oh, yes, they were. <laughs> and they were, and I was like, can I have one? And you're like, yeah, sure, they're, like, fresh out of the oil, and I don't. I hope this isn't a backhanded compliment, but it was the best thing I've ever eaten in the Bon Appetit test kitchen. I've been hearing that a lot lately, and it happens to be with things like the mozzarella sticks. Grossman just said that about our buffalo popcorn. I mean, who doesn't like these things? Yeah, well, because it's Super Bowl season, which is the best season of the year in the Bon Appetit test kitchen. And Alex Grossman is our creative director, who's also a big Seahawks fan, which is not a not a good place to be right now. This this year, at least, <laughs> as the Super Bowl approaches. Um, so on today's episode, we're here with Carl Lolly Music and Rick Martinez from the Test Kitchen, and we're talking all these awesome, tasty, not entirely good for you, but totally delicious things we are testing and developing and running recipes for for the Super Bowl. First off, let's let's, let's hit the ground. Mozzarella sticks. How do you make a good mozzarella stick, Carla? Turns out you need to use not fresh mozzarella. No. So in general, you know, we would stay away from the polio, but the polio is the perfect mozzarella for the mozzarella stick. The other key thing being similar to fried ice cream, you need to freeze your mozzarella before you fry it. See, I learned this the hard way. Last year, I tried to make mozzarella sticks for my son, Marlon, when we we're during the summer because he really, really wanted them. And I realized if you don't freeze the stick, the cheese melts too quickly as you're frying it, and it just sort of oozes everywhere. You basically get fried queso. All right, so you buy you buy store bought, not fresh mozzarella, the kind of like in the big block. Or can mm-hmm. you even use like the cheese sticks? You yeah, like, those are cheese sticks that we, you put in your kids' lunch bag. We developed with those, and we want to make sure that they worked. But um, we found it annoying just opening up all the individual cheese sticks, Ooh, they and they were annoying. like a little too long, yep. and they have a lower water content, mm-hmm. so the meltiness was not as good. You could use them, but we just felt like it was cost like it cost more, and it was more annoying. All right, so you buy a, a, a block of store bought mozzarella, cut it into sticks, then what? Then you bread it. 
um, just like you would a chicken cutlet. So it goes uh, flour, then there's a combination of egg and milk. Mm -hmm. And then the key thing and why these were so delicious is because we made our own Italian breadcrumb seasoning. Mm. So uh, we took panko instead of fine breadcrumbs. These are nice coarse breadcrumbs, and they had a mix of dried herbs, which normally we pass over. Again, like <laughs> things you don't normally <laughs> see in the Bon Appetit test kitchen. We had dried parsley, chives. Um, basil. Basil. Yeah, just for the record, the BA test kitchen, there are usually a bunch of fancy pans down there. Everything has to be fresh and artisanal and small batch and everything. But come Super Bowl season, yeah, we're going for it. So, all right, so you have the, your bread. You, so you, you you dip it in the flour, shake it off, dip it through the egg yolk, shake it off, then roll it in the breadcrumbs, get it really packed in there nicely. And then you do that again. Double dip. What? Double dredge. Really? Yep. Oh. Yep. I didn't know that. Not kidding around. Wow. And then you freeze it? And then you freeze it. So, so you, you can freeze it for an hour, okay. or you could freeze it for a bunch of days. And you can just put them on a sheet tray or something yeah. and stick it in the freezer. All right, so then when it's time to fry, what kind of oil, what sort of temperature? Just regular vegetable oil. I think we used canola. And then over like medium heat, medium low? What so they actually were most delicious. We did a variety of fry temperatures. They were really good at 350, which is kind of right in the middle. So not a super crazy... You, If you drop some breadcrumbs in, you don't want to see like... Uh, very violent, molten bubbling. You want to see like a nice, yeah, it's happening. They're floating to the top, but not crazy. If you have a fry temperature, use it. That's great. Okay, so then I, I, the, one, the one thing I always, always advise home cooks when they're frying is like you have to give the oil time to come to temperature. Okay? So if you're in a deep pot and there's a few inches of oil, yeah. let it come all the way hot. Don't turn it on high. Turn it on medium, but give it several minutes to get hot enough. Yeah. And you always like to drop a few breadcrumbs in there first to see if they sizzle. And then, exactly. And then if you're they sink and you don't see any action, your oil's not there yet. If they go really, really, really hard right away and turn dark brown within five seconds, you're, you're too, too hot. hot. But the thing about these is that the cheese is frozen. Yeah. So the oil temperature always plunges when you add stuff Ooh. in. But this oil temperature is really going to crash because the stuff that you're putting in is Frozen, freezing cold. All right, so you know we we say you can serve it with a marinara sauce. I thought they were so good, I just ate them straight. Yeah, I did too. You don't yeah. even need sauce. No, Rick, we just mentioned uh, or Carla did our buffalo popcorn, which that sounds genius. I was surprised to learn it's actually kind of more. Is it fair to say it's a buffalo caramel corn? What 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 is this recipe exactly? It, it is a buff buffalo caramel corn. Uh, th I think the reason why it's so amazing is because you've got salt, spice, sour. And caramel, all all in there at the same time, and you have the crunch of the corn. It's kind of it's kind of genius. Yeah, and so so how do you make it? So you you start off as you would a, a normal caramel corn. You make your popcorn. Uh, you salt it. I love it. Rick. Rick suggests talks as if we've all made caramel corn before. <laughs> like, like we buy caramel corn in one of those big like tins. Like yeah, it's like you make popcorn. You make popcorn. Yeah, but I got I got you there. Okay, uh, you throw some sugar in a in a pot and uh, you you heat that up with a little bit of water, uh, a little bit of corn syrup. Um, until it gets to a light caramel stage. So it's going to okay. melt. It's going to go a little bit amber. And then the trick here is you dump in uh, some Frank's hot sauce. And, yes. and that's that's where the magic happens. And it gets all frothy and foamy. It gets it bubbly red. It, it's that amber and red caramel color. Um, you can smell the, the heat of the chilies. You can smell the vinegar. And then you throw in uh, some uh, baking soda and uh, butter. And then you're like, like uh, junior high school uh, science fair when you make the volcano. And it's, all, uh, it's Yeah, it bubbles up. Yeah. It's the most, yeah. And then you just take the popcorn and dump it into the pot, or what do you do? You pour the caramel into the, the popcorn. 
Oh, like a bowl. So it's yeah. in a, a steel bowl. It's a it's a steel bowl that you want to spray down so that uh, everything is nice and it's not going to stick to the edges of the of the uh, the bowl. Oh, I know, see. I noticed that we have a video up right now on bonappetit.com um, for the buffalo popcorn. And yeah, you spray the bowl with the pan. With the pan. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a, oh, so it doesn't get the caramelly sticking on there. Right. And then you just toss it all about with the you rubber spatula it, or something. Yeah. You you kind of have to work quickly because mm-hmm. it is gonna it's gonna seize up. So you you once you pour it in, you probably have a good two minutes of just like vigorous. Uh, folding and mixing, getting all the all the uh, the kernels of corn coated with the uh, the sauce. But that's not all. Apparently, you then stick it in the oven, Carla. You do. You have to stick Why? it in the oven. If you don't stick it in the oven, it's going to be tacky right. and sticky. You mean like tacky, like, oh, that's gauche? Well, it's definitely that. <laughs> but um, it's going to stick to your fingers and stick to itself because um, there's some butter in the caramel, which is good when you're making a caramel sauce that keeps it from being rock hard yeah, yeah. and like... But you want this crack. to harden. You yeah. you need it to be like f- clusters that um, you know are not just going to stick all over the place. You kind of want them to break apart and be crunchy again. So it, right. it go, it's a three hundred degree oven, and it goes. Yeah, it's just you're dehydrating. You're, you're really just out, drying it out because you you dump in a lot of franks. All right, Carla, you and I have talked about this before. Now I love wings. I love nachos. I love mozzarella sticks. But I've always felt that. At the Super Bowl, there still needs to be something a little bit fresh or crisp or, as I like to say, bracing on the Super Bowl buffet. I, I want some crudités. I want some fresh vegetables and celery sticks. I want something to dip them into. So what sort of dips can I make this year that aren't just the obvious, you know, sour cream and onion dip? No offense to sour cream and onion dip, but, you know, like what else? What's what's a little cooler? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think those crunchy, fresh things kind of give you the strength to to keep moving forward. Yeah, this they, is a they, long they, event. They balance it out and they give you also the excuse to eat more wings. You're yeah, like, exactly. well, I just, I just ate a bunch of vegetables so I can have five more wings. I think it's good to have w- things that t- that chips, a dip that chips taste good with and crudite and your wings. So, All right, give me, give me two. What are your All favorites right, right now? So uh, two that I really love that are on the website are um, Greek yogurt or labna based. So we have one that's called a ranchy labna. So it's kind of like mm. r- the flavors of ranch dip and use some of my favorite things which is i love the only, the only thing america loves more than football is ranch dressing uh-huh and greek yogurt oh yeah now it's greek yogurt too <laughs> that's correct um should have invested in chobani um more, yeah, so how do you so how do you how do you get that flavor uh garlic powder onion powder again dried herbs. herbs it's really funny that these things that we don't we don't we overlook because we're all into the it's got to be fresh and artisanal and right from the farmer's market actually are some of my favorite ingredients. I love garlic powder and onion yeah. powder. They just make things delicious very quickly. So like yogurt, I guess say when I was a kid growing up and I would my favorite dinners and my parents would go out and I would have a whole box of Kraft macaroni and cheese with ground beef and onions mixed in with that nice. and then hit it with like the garlic powder mm-hmm. or onion salt. I love garlic oh powder God. on my pizza too, always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, granulated. Oh, so yes. good. Mm. Um, and that Ranchi Labna also has dried mint, which has oh, a cool. ton of flavor. Um, it's a good one. And, and that's good for vegetables, for chips, for both? Yeah, I okay. would dip whatever. Yeah, cool. So that's one. We'll give that's me one. one. The other one that I love and have made a lot is a spinach yogurt. It's a spinach garlic yogurt dip. Hmm. And you basically saute. It could, you could use frozen spinach if you want or fresh. You saute it with a little bit of garlic. You squeeze all the liquid out, chop it up, mix it into um, Greek, yogurt, Greek yogurt or labna. And that one has uh, cilantro in it also and some really? olive oil, fresh salt and pepper. Cilantro. Yeah, fresh cilantro. And it really, you can make that several hours ahead or the day before and it's 
it gets really, really good. And then you are also eating spinach. Yes, good for you, which <laughs> means you can have more wings. Exactly. Speaking <laughs> of wings. All right, now I made wings years ago, back when I was a bachelor and I had my own apartment. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm making wings. It was for the Super Bowl or something. Maybe it was the NFC Championship game. I don't totally recall. But I do know that a week later, my house still smelled like deep fried chicken wings. Because if you want to make good, I always thought if you want to make good chicken wings, they have to be deep fried like they do in Buffalo and then toss in the hot sauce. My question is, A, do you have to deep fry them? And, you know, I don't know. What, what, what is the way to do it if you have a bunch of friends coming over? I think that if you're going to fry, you need to fry one thing. So if you're making the fried mozzarella sticks, do not also fry wings because yes. you're going to go insane. Insanity. There's going to be oil everywhere and you're going to regret it. There's a reason restaurants deep fry and, and normal people don't do it as much because you just don't have the facilities for it. But so, all right, so but my question is, uh, we know I, know I do know a deep fried wing is going to be awesome. Can a baked wing be good? Here's the great thing about chicken wings. They have an insanely great ratio of skin to meat. So there's a lot of chicken fat and chicken mm -hmm. skin on yeah. a wing. So you can totally bake them and then they sort of self-fry. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're rendering. Like, they're like confeeing in their own fat. Pretty much. So I think that they can be really good. I think um, it's good to add something to a baked wing recipe that also caramelizes and gets a little bit crunchy because you lose that. With deep frying, you'll get a hard fried crust. Yo. So with a baked wing, um, a recipe that I've made and really loved had um, had some sugar in it and uh, mirin and soy. I mean, it was like I an like the Asian, Asian ones one. where you have like the garlic and fresh ginger in yeah. there. Um, we have some of these recipes on bonappetit.com also if you search for, for wings. Um, and you yeah. get some of that caramelizing, but, which gives mm -hmm. you the crispy bits, which, you know, kind of has that payoff. And then you can, and then you can dip it in the ranchy lavender dressing. I sure. Bet. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't well, you? Well, yeah, why wouldn't you? So one question I have, typically if you're frying your wings, you you would take the wings, maybe salt them, fry them, and then toss them in a sauce once they're all crispy. But if you're baking them, do you sauce them first and then bake them? Yeah, it's a good idea, especially with like that those Asian-style ones where you have some honey, some soy sauce, maybe something a little spicy, chili oil. You will toss the wings in that, put them on a, a rack so they're spread out and have a lot of air going around them, mm. bake them until they're caramelized and cooked through, and then hold back some of that marinade to brush over at the Again. very end. I like yeah. That. yeah. So you, so you let the, the let the initial saucing creates the caramelization and the crispiness. And then before you serve them, brush them again for a fresh glaze. Totally. Mm. And then they're sticky and delicious. I, lo I love saying fresh glaze. Um, <laughs> all right, Rick, we got a few more to, before we uh, get to the big game. Um, you undertook an insane project uh, the other day for in the name of America and football and all the good stuff. Um, <laughs> You built fifty ingredient nachos in a in a head to head competition with our siblings at Epicurious. Um, what the hell were you thinking? What 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 was this exactly? Uh, you know, I wanted to be the nacho king. <laughs> well, we all do. Yeah, <laughs> but you so it was a sixty six pound tray of nachos. Sixty six. What pounds. was going on? Um, you know, it it all started with a little friendly BA Epi rivalry. Uh, we were challenged to a throwdown, and I told Carla, "I want to win." Yeah. So I, like I mean, that. yeah. Uh, so the the idea was basically, if it was good on a taco, it'd be great in a nacho. And you're from Texas. My rival was from Houston, so oh, we, it was, that a, was Rhoda a, Boone. Rhoda Boone from Epi, and uh, so we had the Houston Austin uh, showdown. Smackdown. Yeah. Um, and I did sneak into the kitchen the day before the taste, the build, and and you had some of the uh, pork al pastor just on the counter with some like fresh fried tortillas, and I made my, and it was delicious. Oh, thank you. Um, so you you did this crazy thing. You built a fifty 
ingredient one, as did Epicurious, went to head-to-head. Uh, you can find both recipes, if you want to call them a recipe, on our website and the Epicurious site. Um, but let's say at home you want to make nachos and you're not going to build a 66-pound tray of nachos. <laughs> what are some basic tenets for nacho building? And I do say building because I think nachos are more about architecture than they are about recipes almost. Totally. Um, I think the, the most important thing is your chip. Um, so in, and if you, you know, you can use pretty much any crispy element. So it could be a pita chip. It could be a plantain chip. It, it's, it's a vehicle. It's a delivery vehicle. Now it needs to be sturdy because it needs to hold the weight of whatever you're, you're going to shovel into your mouth. Um, <laughs> it also needs to, you have to think. Uh, of, I just want to say for the record, I do not endorse plantain chips or pita <laughs> chips for nachos. Let's come on, Rick. Let's keep, I, let's see a point here. I'm, I'm trying hey, to have no, an this open is mind. Super Bowl. Okay. So this is super right. Sunday. We're talking about what kind of, what kind of tortilla chips are you buying? If you're buying store-bought ones, what kind do you like to buy? Okay. I used Tostitos Natural uh, Yellow Corn Chips. I love those. They're great. They're uh, really good. They have really good flavor. They are sturdy. Because um, sometimes those really thin chips are delicious. No. Like, the, what's the one with the X in the brown paper bag? You I can't, can't use those. How do you, how do you pronounce them? Sotol. Okay. Those are, <laughs> thank you, Rick. I'm not even going to try. I love eating those things, but you can't They're use great. those for nachos. No, those are those are dip chips. Yeah. Like you can't put anything like, more than like, like a teaspoon of, of salsa on and it. And even yeah. guacamole can take one of those out. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, they crumble. Yeah. yeah. That's like yeah. salsa crude material. All right. Pretty so you much. got the right chip. You get a sheet tray. That's really important, right? Like, sheet tray. like you would bake chocolate chip cookies on. Totally. And then what? Um, and then you start building. You want to start with your heavier items on the bottom. Oh, um, and like a foundation. A foundation. Because it's going to hold the chips together. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a bean situation or a chili situation or some kind of a, of a meat or grilled item situation, that goes down. Your cheese should be the last hot element. And then you can put it in an oven. Wait, 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 wait. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. But this is like an apartment building. You want multiple stories, right? You don't just want one layer of chips. Carl, help me with because I know Andrew Knowlton, our restaurant editor and deputy editor, has some thoughts on this. Like, can't I do a layer of chips, say a layer of cheese and beans, another layer of chips, another layer of cheese and beans, another chip, then blanket it with the cheese, then put it all in the oven – so yeah, that's more, that's more the approach that we took with the 50 layer as well, because you needed that structure and you need, you want to be able to go in at any place on the tray, pull a chip from anywhere and get a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, I there's just, just want to make sure like, a, this is America. We also, yeah. I keep on saying this is America. This is obvious. We know this. Um, but I want multi, I want, we want, we, we like cheese, you know, mm-hmm. and I want layers of cheese. So the problem is if it's only on the top, then there might be chips on the bottom that have no cheese. And that would be like. There's nothing no, worse. No chip left behind, man. <laughs> that's why you have chili con queso, and you like ladle that Ooh, in the middle. Oh, well, that's a whole thing. Well, all right. So, listen, it's okay to disagree. My question, though, is when you're making, so you put all your like whether you have beans or or you know carnitas or some sort of chili. You've got your chips. You've got your cheese. We have not got to the cold ingredients yet. But when you put it in the oven, do you put it directly under the broiler, or do you bake it for a while first to get it all warm, and then finish it with the blast under the broiler? Um, I I put all the hot elements hot on the chips so that when you have oh, your so the, so the beans so the, and everything are already hot they're already oh, hot oh, that's smart. I was smart yeah, yeah. yeah. so you have and them so warm then, on the stove or whatever right and so then when your cheese if you're doing multiple layers of cheese if you have a say a bean layer that mm-hmm. goes down you put Monterey Jack or uh, Pepper Jack on that it's already starting to melt mm-hmm. awesome then you're putting a layer of something hot over that so mm-hmm. now you've got a sandwich of melted cheese mm-hmm. yeah all right. So then you don't have to – at that point, you don't have to bake it because ba- you, everything should already be really hot. So then all you have to do is run under the broiler. Bro. So it's, it's baked and it's broily and it's bubbly and it's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to dig in. But what do you do? 
now you have your cold elements. So your sour cream, your crema, your guacamole, uh, your can you radish. Say, can you say guacamole with a good Texas accent? Tex guacamole. Mike? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> crema. Your salsa fresca, crema. <laughs> Uh, your oregano, your if you have pickled jalapenos or pickled carrots, uh, scallion, chives, uh, green onion. Do you like to let any of those be for let people decide themselves, put them out in bowls? Or do you like to pile them all on top of the top? I like of, to pile uh, pile it all on because I mean, if especially at a Super Bowl party, yeah. you don't want to think about what you're eating. You yeah, just want to grab and go. You don't have to yeah, make it. Um, oh wow, I really want some nachos and a cold <laughs> beer, a michelada. I will always put lime and ice in my beer. All right, before we go though. One of my favorite videos on bonappetit.com right now is a video that Rick shot for Chili Con Carne. If you search for it on the website, it's called BA's Best Chili. Um, I've actually never made this before, weirdly, and, and and you obviously have. So walk us through like a classic Tex-Mex chili. And this is not a ground beef and beans sort of thing, is right. it? No, no, not at all. It's cubed beef and it's fresh dried chilies. Okay, so what's, yeah. well, let's first the beef. What's, you're buying a big hunk of what? Um, so Chuck is... Is pretty common, and it, you can't really go wrong. You've got nice fat, uh, fatty, marbled piece of chuck, cubit. Um, in BA's best chili, we have three different kinds of meat. So oh, we wow. have the we have chuck, uh, we have short ribs for that really sort mm. of fatty unctuousness. We fancy. Oh yeah, uh, and brisket, and brisket gives you a nice, really beefy, gamey flavor. Um, so the combination of the three is is. Amazing. Perfection. You, you yeah. can't hear this, but I'm smiling right now. So you, so you cut the meat into strips. You cut that those strips into cubes. Into cubes. And then what? Um, and then you basically brown that. Onions, garlic, tomato paste, oregano. Uh, we threw in a beer there. Um, can't Why really not? go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You have one for you. You have one for the chili. Um, but the, the secret here is the chilies. We have pasilla, ancho, and uh, guajillo. And these are dried chilies. These are dried chilies. Um, very particular about dried chilies. They should not be hard and brittle. That means they're old and they don't have any flavor. Dried chilies are like dried fruit. They should be soft and pliable. Mm. Um, there's actually a lot of sugar and there should be moisture in your dried chilies. If, you, if you're not using dried chilies, use like a nice dried ancho powder. Okay. Um, but it, should be, it shouldn't just be generic yeah, uh, yeah. chili powder. Chili seasoning. So you, so you yeah. buy these nice chilies and you put them in a dry pan to, to heat them up? Dry pan. You want to get a little bit of toast on them. Mm -hmm. uh, not a lot. So it's probably about 60 seconds uh, on a medium uh, skillet. Okay. Uh, press them down with a fish spat. Turn them over. Get fish a spat means fish spatula in regular person speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you want to get a little bit of color. You'll see a little browning, a little blistering, and then just pull them off. Um, and we soak them in water. Uh, you can soak them in broth. You can soak them in beer if you want. Um, a little extra flavor. Uh Take off the stem, pull out the seeds, throw them in the uh, uh, the blender, puree, pour it back in the meat. Um, mm. Let that simmer and go. Can and I, I ask a question? Yeah. Because we do take out the seeds with that one. If you leave them in, do you just get a spicier chili? Like, say you really like it hot. It You're not getting a lot of heat in those types of chilies. What you're just getting is... Seeds. Tannins. Yeah. Oh. It, it starts to get really tannic if you leave mint. Now, something like a dry— And everyone hates a tannic chili. <laughs> It'll just taste taste really woody and, and, and bitter. Got it. Um, so there's no there's no reason to leave mint. Now, if you're using something like a morita or chipotle, which is a dried jalapeno, um, those seeds will have spice, and you want to leave those in. So you make that puree, you pour it into the pot with the beer, the onions, the the the, the beef that's simmering. About how long do you just simmer the beef for so it's at the, the texture you want it? It's about two hours. About two hours. Yeah. Um, 
And at that point, you're good to go. And But here, unlike with the nachos, you do want fixins on the table for people to yes. choose from, right? Yeah. So like, what, are, what are some go-to fixins for you? I, I love Fritos. I, I mean, was just, about yeah. to say, yeah. you better say Fritos. I mean, that's first thing, right? I mean, I grew up, so also, because I'm from Texas, we had Frito pie as our school lunch day. You know, wow. It was sharp cheddar cheese, a bag of Fritos, and you pour in a, a scoop of chili in there. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> Once you got a little older, you threw in some uh, some onion and jalapenos. Getting but, crazy. Yeah. All right, sorry, sorry. So that on the table, on your buffet, you've got a big bag bowl of Fritos. You have some sour cream, I assume. Sour cream. Uh, Red onion. Yep. Uh, cheddar cheese. Avocado. Avocado. Nice. Guacamole. I mean, we we, we kind of went wild. We did radishes, cilantro, scallions. Cilantro is yeah. really nice because it gives that nice sort of, you know, obviously that herbaceous quality, which is nice for something that's been cooked for a long time. Right. What about limes? Do you do limes? Do a little lime, yeah. yeah. Just get a little squeeze of lime. Regular chips. If you're making nachos, that's good too. Yeah. Actually, Kettle chips are pretty good. You got that crunch. Kettle potato chips? Kettle potato chips. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Progressive. <laughs> um, God, I am really hungry right now. Uh, and I just went to the gym before this recording, so I feel like I can eat all this stuff. No wonder. I know. I'm ready. I'm ready for the big game. <laughs> uh, Carl Lally Music, Rick Martinez, thank you so much for joining us on our special Super Bowl podcast. Go, go Panthers. I'm rooting for the Panthers, guys. Whatever you say. Carl's like, whatever. <laughs> Carl's like, I'll be cooking. I'm just going to eat. Right, see you guys. This podcast is brought to you by executive producer Bell Cushing and project manager Carrie Polis with editing by Mitra Kaboli. The theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See your face upon my wall.